let's take a look at the account in Luke 2 and just see maybe why that happened, why that occurred. It's unfathomable to us in 2023, but let's see what took place here. In Luke chapter 2, Ryan read some of it this morning with us. I'm going to start in verse 7 because that's where I believe our story really begins this morning is Luke chapter 2, verse 7. It says that Mary had just given birth to her firstborn, and she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, which is a feeding trough of all places to, to sin and, and didn't have a crib. We're in a manger. You know, most scholars think that was probably in some sort of a cave where they kept animals. It was dirty and grimy, and they placed the Savior, wrapped him up in cloths, and put him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts, just, just like our song, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. These shepherds were just minding their business. They were, they were doing their job. I'm sure it's long hours. Maybe you've worked a job like this. It's kind of mundane. It's the same thing over and over. It's long hours, long shifts. And, and time just seems to stand still. You know, they, they had to be on watch. They had to be alert for things that could harm their flock, but rarely ever th anything did. Making sure that, you know, one of their sheep didn't wander off. Probably took long hours time away from the family, probably a lot of coffee to stay awake. For me, that would mean Black Rifle coffee. For you, maybe it's our Grace Fellowship brew that we have in the lobby here that you can get on the way out, right? But they had to do something to stay alert, to stay watchful. And then they're doing this mundane job of shepherding sheep, herding sheep, gathering them, and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears. That's unbelievable, it's incredible, except there he was right in front of them. And they didn't for a, a moment doubt what they were seeing. In fact, in verse 15, it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, just as they were told. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And these shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, notice from what we just read, these angels didn't say, you need to immediately go and, and see this thing that's happened. That's not what they said. That's not what the angel said. The angel said, this is going to be your sign. You're going to find a child wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And that would be unusual to find that. 
a feeding trough of all things. They were just told simply just to go. And the angels leave, and you think what would be going through the minds of the shepherds at that point? Would, would you take some time to just think about what just happened? Angels just showed up here while we were at work. I, I, we, need to, we need to figure out what is going on. How did that happen? Maybe we should go home and tell our family that we're going to go on this journey. Maybe we should get a good night's rest. Maybe we should charge our iPhones and prepare properly for this journey that lies ahead. Maybe we should at least wash our hands before we go. How about that? But that's not what happened here. These, these men heard the good news, and they immediately hurried off, and they ran to Bethlehem to see what they were told had just occurred. And when they got there, what was their response? Did they offer to watch Jesus while Joseph and Mary took a nap or maybe take care of him for a little bit or maybe offer him some really nice gifts like the, the wise men did? Did they offer to at least wash their hands before they picked him up? No, that's not what happened. They began to spread the word about everything that they had just saw. That Jesus Christ... The one that we have been told about was actually here now, in the flesh. Word of the Father in the flesh. And they went out and they shared their testimony. And I'm sure like that video illustrated, I'm sure that there was fear. These people are not going to believe us. They're not going to believe that an angel of the Lord chose to come and tell us, shepherds, lowly shepherds, this news. And they're not going to believe us when we actually go there and we see that the Savior was in a manger, in a feeding trough, wrapped in clothes. He was born of a virgin. It's too incredible to believe. But they didn't care. They just went and they shared their testimony. Before we go on, I want to just stop and pause on that. And I want to I challenge you a bit about your testimony. If you're sitting here this morning, if you're watching online, and you call yourself a Christian, and there was a point in your life where Jesus came into your life. You experienced Christ for the first time. You asked God to, to forgive you of all your sins. The Holy Spirit came into your heart, and you've lived differently from that point on. Who have you told that to? Who have you shared that news with? I'm not here to shame you about that this morning. I'm just here to challenge you about it. People in our lives right now, all around us, need to hear our testimony. Our children need to hear our testimony. The next generation of the church need to hear our testimony. The people at our work, they need to hear our testimony. They need to know about our experience with Jesus. That's not a complicated thing. That's what the shepherds did. That's what God knew that they would do share their experience with Jesus with others. Who have you told in your life? It's not a complicated thing. The people that we, they're in our world, that, that live in our world around us, they're seeking truth and they're believing lies from every direction. From our government, from the media, from their other loved ones, from our workplace. They're believing lies. And here you are with an experience of the only truth. 
Who have you shared that with? It's an awesome thing to share a testimony. To say, you know what? I knew, uh, I knew of Jesus my entire life. I grew up in the church. That's my experience. I grew up in the church, but something was different when I went. I went away with this group of young teen, preteen boys to a powwow, and I had some leaders there. And all of a sudden, the, the scripture penetrated me, and it hit me harder than it did before. And I'm sitting there on a wooden bench in the middle of the forest singing worship songs with my peers, and all of a sudden, God speaks to me directly. And God says, you know what? Now's the time. Now is the time to seek salvation. And I did. I listened carefully to God's voice. I listened to it. I heard it. And I, I was obedient to it, just like the shepherds. And from that point forward, I lived a completely different life because of my experience with Jesus. Do I still mess up? Am I still a sinner? Am I perfect? No, absolutely I'm not perfect. Am I forgiven? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit inside of me working every day to make me look more and more like Jesus? Absolutely. That's my testimony. What's your testimony look like? And how will it impact people in your life all around you? If you haven't done that, start with your children. Start with your grandchildren. Start with people you can trust. Start with people that are in your family that you want to see in eternity. And that, that window is getting shorter and shorter. It's a powerful thing to share your experience with Jesus. And we are all called to do exactly what the shepherds were called to do, and that's to testify, to tell others what they experienced. Don't take the time to practice it. Don't take the time to get prepared. Don't take the time to even wash your hands. Just go and tell people about your experience with Jesus and what he has done for you. Mark 16, 15 illustrates Jesus' final instructions to his disciples. This is a passage you're probably familiar with. It says, go into the world and preach the good news to all of creation, to everyone. And you might be saying to yourself, if you read that verse, you might be saying, I can't do that. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm not even a teacher. I can't possibly go down to Grace Kids and talk to those kids. I can't possibly go to my workplace and testify and share the experience that I had with Jesus. Listen, these men that were shepherds were not trained evangelists. They were not trained pastors. The disciples that Jesus chose weren't trained evangelists or scholars. They were fishermen, tax collectors, really obnoxious, loud mouths and sinners. And God chose him, them, to be his messengers to be his apostles. Shepherds weren't trained evangelists. They were just dirty sheep herders. What did all these men have in common? They experienced Jesus, and they couldn't help but tell everybody about it. What they had saw, what they had heard, what happened to them, they went and testified. How have you experienced Jesus in your life? Does anyone in your life around you know about that? 
How could people be impacted around us that are hurting, that are lost, that are seeking truth? The truth of this story that we're reading, the song of the Savior, is that it is what we are all called to do. Not just receive the information about the Christ, but go and tell others. To invite others to come, to come and see what happened in Bethlehem and adore Christ the Lord. This message was not just meant for the shepherds, it was meant for you too, and myself. And God chose the shepherds for a lot of different reasons. We question this every year, but God chose these men for a lot of different reasons. Sure, it was uh, a symbol of what Jesus was to us, the good shepherd to a bunch of lost sheep. You could also say that it, it, that it uh, symbolized that, that God came down from heaven to earth for all mankind, not just the kings and the, and the people in the high rung and the ladder, but the lowest of the lows as well. Absolutely. But that's not the main reason why God chose these shepherds in this field. The most important reason that he chose them is because he knew they were trustworthy and they'd be obedient. And they wouldn't hold that information into themselves, but they'd go and tell everybody about what they had witnessed. And the people, as Scripture tells us, would be amazed. And they would believe. The shepherds experienced the power of Jesus Christ that night. And from that point on, they were changed. They were now evangelists, storytellers for the birth of Christ. So here's what we can learn from these men in this experience and why God chose the shepherds. If God provided you with an experience with Jesus, think back to that moment that we were talking about where you first experienced Jesus in your life. We need to follow the lead of the shepherds and the first thing we need to do is listen up. Listen up. I'm going to specifically speak to the men here because I struggle with this. I don't know if any other men in this room, I'm not asking you to raise your hands or not, but men, have your wives ever told you that you have selective hearing? I had one of those moments just last night, so this is fresh in my brain. I'm sitting there in the kitchen. It's a long night. Uh, my daughter had a, a dance recital last night, and it's just a long day. I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm checking my text messages and fiddling on my phone, and my wife's giving me instructions, and I say something to her, and she goes, are you even listening to me? Have you experienced that? These men did not have selective hearing, okay? And they could have. They had all these responsibilities to focus on. Angel of the Lord comes, right, and they, they listened up. I'm sure that it was hard to believe what they were seeing, but they did not have selective hearing. They weren't fiddling with their cell phones while their spouse was trying to have a conversation with them. While God was trying to speak to them, they were not brushing hay away. They were listening up. In verse 10 of that passage that we read, it says, Do not be afraid. This is the angel speaking. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for the all people. And these angels are saying, listen, listen to what I have to say. I know that we are angels of the Lord. I understand that this is an incredible thing that's happening to you right now, but I need you to listen carefully. 
and, the, and these shepherds did that. They listened, they comprehended the best that they could. They re- received this information, and they're like, I got to respond to it. We need to go immediately to see what the angel of the Lord just told us. And I'm sure it was hard to believe. I'm sure they didn't fully comprehend why did, did this angel come and tell us about it. But just like that, they saw the angel, they believed him, they didn't question him. And there are so many examples of this in the New Testament of people who heard the voice of Jesus Christ and they responded. And I want to share one of those stories with you in Matthew 9.9. If you're in Luke, just go over to your left, two books, to the very first book in the in the Gospels, in the New Testament, Matthew uh, chapter 9. We're going to read verse 9. And maybe this was a, your experience. Maybe you had an experience like we're going to read here this morning with Matthew. Matthew was a disciple that we've heard of, and, and, and most of the things that we hear of Matthew are not good things. They're not positive things. He's a tax collector. You know, who likes giving our money away to the government? Nobody, right? That has not changed. So Matthew was minding his own business, just like these shepherds. In verse 9 of chapter 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. That's all he said, follow me. And Matthew got up and he followed him. Matthew was a tax collector. He was looked at as being repulsive. The Jews hated him because he was taking their money and collecting taxes for the Roman government. The Romans hated him because he was Jewish. I don't know if you've ever seen the series, The Chosen. I think they do a really good job of illustrating and depicting Matthew. He's kind of a loner, kind of a nerd. You know, he's really good with numbers. And, and maybe to some extent he enjoyed not being around people. Maybe he was a a germaphobe. Maybe he liked to keep his hands clean, didn't want to get them dirty. But all of a sudden, he's just going about his job. He's doing his business, and he heard the voice of Jesus. I want you to think about that for a minute. I mean, have you had an experience like that? And were you that obedient? I mean, Jesus doesn't say much. He doesn't say, he doesn't give a good argument and say, here's why you should follow me. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't say that. He just says, Matthew, follow me. And he leaves everything. I'm sure he, he did well for himself. He, he probably made good money. He was good at his job or the Romans wouldn't have kept him in it. He had responsibility probably more so than most Jews. And, and Jesus simply says, follow me. And he goes. Just like the shepherds for, before him, he got up, he left what he was doing immediately, and he went. And he didn't go to the stable, but he went and followed the man who was born in a stable. And I'm sure he didn't understand why. But he heard the voice of God. He listened to the voice of God, and it changed the course of his life forever. He became one of the 12 disciples. Here's why I believe that happened. I want you to look at John... 1027. And this should really, if you read this verse, 
should take some of the pressure off of us as testifying to the Lord, testifying our experience, telling other people about our experience. Because it's not up to us. God puts us in situations to tell our story and to share with others, and we don't even know why. He's placed us in those situations. But we do know this. In John chapter 10, verse 27, he says this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Before Matthew was ever born, Jesus knew that he was one of his sheep. He was going to listen to his voice. He was going to follow him. So it's as simple as that. God knows all those things behind the scene that we don't know. If we just simply become obedient servants like the shepherds and just go and tell people our experience with Jesus, who knows what's going to happen? God does. God's chosen people to hear his voice. He knows them, and they follow him. Has Jesus spoken to you in that way? Was that your experience the first time you experienced Jesus like it was to me? I don't know what was different when I was sitting on that wood bench in the middle of the forest at a powwow. But I know that God spoke to me. I listened. I didn't have selective hearing. I heard the voice of God, and I was obedient. Have you experienced the power of Christ like Matthew did on that day? And you don't know why, but you... You do know that God spoke to you. And just like this passage of Scripture, John tells us that we were lost. We were a sheep. God spoke to us, and we heard his voice, and we knew, and we followed him. You know, listen for the voice of God. Whatever your situation is here this morning, I know hundreds of people in this room, we all come in here with different experiences, different struggles that we're dealing with day in and day out. I want you to just before you leave this place, just listen for the voice of God. Don't just hear it. Don't have selective hearing like I did last night, but truly listen to the voice of God and follow it like the shepherds did. The next thing that the shepherds did that we need to model is not only did they listen to the voice of God, but they proceeded to then saddle up. Now, that's not a, that's not a term, the phrase that we talk about a lot, Unless you own some horses or you live on a farm, you've probably never said, let's saddle up, right? That's not a phrase that we use when we're going on vacation or we're preparing for a long journey. But the imagery is pretty simple, isn't it? These men saddled up. I don't know what means of transportation they were taking, if they had a camel, horseback, or just their sandals that they were taking along. But they saddled up and they did it quickly. If you go back to, give you a minute to go back to Luke, to our story. Luke chapter 2, verse 15. And the angels had left them and gone back into heaven. The shepherds simply said to one another, let's go. Let's go. Let's saddle up. We got to go see this thing that just happened. And maybe you're looking in that passage of scripture and trying to figure out when the angels told them that this was a, a rushed thing, that you needed to go quickly and see this baby, but that's not what happened here. They took it upon themselves unwillingly to wait till daybreak, to wait for a more convenient time, to wait to get packed, to tell their loved ones, to tell their families, to find someone who could watch over their sheep, to even wash their hands, and they just went. They saddled up. 
just like a spirit of a cowboy on a Wild West adventure. They went. There's another story in the New Testament where God spoke and a person was faced with one of these saddle-up decisions. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. This is a story in Acts chapter 9 at the beginning of the Apostle Paul's ministry and how it gets started. Because as we know, the Apostle Paul was formerly known as Saul. And he was not a good man. How did God take this man and turn him into one of the greatest evangelists ever? Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 10, says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Then we move on down in the passage to verse 17. It says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this account of how the ministry of the Apostle Paul starts and how he begins this lifelong journey, starting with an experience with Jesus that blinded him, a lifelong relationship with Jesus. And there's some verses that I purposely skipped over there between verse 11 and verse 17, and that's because... Ananias did not want to go. He was very reluctant. He said, Lord, this man, Saul, is persecuting Christians. He's overseeing the stoning of Christians and murdering of Christians. And you want me to go? It doesn't seem like a good idea. Verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument. Just go. As we saw earlier, Ananias, despite his reservations, did go. And the result of that was the beginning of a ministry that impacted so many lives. It's still impacting lives today. Changed the world. The shepherds in our story taught us that we don't have to hesitate when God speaks to us, when we have an experience with Jesus. And this story in Acts teaches us that Though we may hesitate like Ananias, though we may have reservations and we don't understand and we're not as quick to go, if we are obedient to God, amazing things could happen. When we have an experience with Jesus, we need to listen up. We need to saddle up and go. And the last thing we need to do is we need to speak up. Going back to our passage in Luke, chapter 2, and verse 17. When they, the shepherds, had seen him, they saw the Messiah. They spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. They were told about the birth of Jesus. They went and saw it. And then they, they went and told people. And these people were amazed. They believed These men didn't just go and say, oh, that's amazing. 
Jesus came into the world. The angels spoke to us. We went and saw this thing that happened in a manger. You know, what time does our shift get started tomorrow morning? Got to get back to work. I mean, those sheep. It's not what they did. That was not their response. Their response was, I saw this incredible thing. An angel of the Lord, God chose me, chose us to be messengers for the Messiah, and I have to tell everybody about it. I know they're going to think I'm crazy. There's no way that these people in our community are going to believe that I experienced an angel in our field. They're going to think we had maybe a little bit too much caffeine in our coffee. They're never going to believe that the Son of God was in a manger. They're never going to believe these things. But it doesn't matter. Because they were compelled to tell and speak up anyway. And as a result, we read this in Scripture that people were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They were amazed. People in your lives will be amazed when you go through that transformation. Maybe you've experienced that. People in your life that you grew up with and they knew you as this person and you're radically different than that person. And they want to start telling stories about that person. That person doesn't exist anymore because of Jesus, because of what I experienced. And I speak up, and I tell people that. I want us to go back to Acts. There's another story in Acts that's really important. In Acts chapter 6 and 7, we read about one of these men that were persecuted by this man, Saul, before he became the Apostle Paul. This was a man who was faithful to tell the story of the Messiah. Not of a baby who had just been born in a manger, but he told the story of the Messiah that was crucified and resurrected and lives still today. This man's name was Stephen. And we read, if you look at chapter 7, verse 59 and 60, These were the last recorded words of this man, Stephen. When they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And while he said this, he fell asleep. Stephen would speak up even when men were throwing stones at him. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Didn't Jesus on the cross forgive the thief standing right beside him? Forgive all the men that were standing around him, mocking him, persecuting him, killing him? Man, I I hope that I have that courage that Stephen had as a disciple of Christ. And I don't think that we're that far off from that if we're honest with ourselves. I believe there's people that we know, maybe even in this building this morning, that are going to have to face a situation like Stephen. They're going to be persecuted. They're going to be arrested because we preach the truth of the gospel. Are you willing to speak up and like Stephen in these final breaths, give a testimony and share the love and the grace and the mercy, true love, in your final last breaths and say, Father, just forgive them. 
I know the experience I had. I know where I'm about to go. Lord, forgive these people for what they're doing now. When God calls us, when we experience Jesus, the faithful speak up. And they do that not to cast verbal stones or say why this way is better than that way. They do that just to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ and the experience that they had with Jesus. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Are you joyful and triumphant this season? Because the world doesn't want you to be. Joyful and triumphant looks a lot different than the rest of the world that we live in. Come and see this thing that happened in Bethlehem. Jesus Christ came down from heaven. He was born in a manger. He bore our sins so you could have a relationship with him because he loves you that much. You can't understand it. You can't fathom it, but this is what happened. This is my testimony. Come and adore him. Christ the Lord. In Luke 2.20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which they were told about. It was true. We didn't imagine it. An angel of the Lord came to us, told us what happened, and here's what happened. We saw it for our, with our own eyes. And at the end of their journey, the end of what we know about them, we don't know if they went back to being shepherds or they... They went to a different occupation. We don't have any knowledge of that, but they were definitely, they were certainly different people for what they had heard and what they experienced with Jesus. And they were singing wherever they went, come, all you faithful, joyful and triumphant, born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee, all glory given, just as the word of the Father told us in prophecy, word of the Father, now flesh, in the person. Come let us adore him. These men were no longer just shepherds. These men were no longer just simple people of a simple vocation. They were now evangelists. God chose them to tell a story. And guess what? God chose you to tell a story too. Are you telling your story? Are you telling your experience that you had with Jesus? Everybody in this room has a different experience with Jesus, and we need to go tell people. Invite them to the manger, to the one who is the greatest gift, the only gift that we can receive at Christmas that will change our lives radically for the good. And no matter what kind of circumstances we have, no matter what world we find ourselves in, we can have joy, we can be triumphant, we can share the joy and love of Jesus Christ. What is your story, and who have you told? Start telling today. And if you don't have a story to tell, maybe, maybe you're here for a very important reason this morning, maybe a very divine purpose. Maybe your friend drug you in here this morning. Maybe you just happened to be scrolling through Facebook and you found our feed I don't know what the situation is, but either one of those circumstances are not by accident. They're by a divine purpose. Are you listening to God this morning? Not having selective hearing, we're listening up. We're focusing on what God is trying to tell us through our experience. Are we saddling up? Are we going? And we're going to speak up.
I don't know about you, I know during the Thanksgiving season, I always have a lot of time to reflect and think about just all the things, blessings that I have to be thankful for. I, I certainly think about people that have left me, missing my mom, some of those memories, good times growing up in the church. But one of the things that resonates strongest with me as a, as a pastor my whole life, even as a child, were those memories and those moments where I was able, because God, because God put people in my life to testify and tell my story. I've had the opportunity in different avenues to work with children in, in the education and teaching and coaching and, and just share the love of Jesus and what he did for me. I've had the opportunity to speak to atheists in my workplace about the love of Christ and the purpose that they, they serve in this life. I've had the opportunity to speak with beggars who were just trying to find a meal. And I said, sure, I'll buy you lunch, but you're going to hear about Jesus first. And that's all God. And I think about all of those moments. I think about the, the homeless mom that has three kids that she's trying to figure out how to feed. And I've had conversations with. One of the greatest blessings of, of my life to be able to share my testimony with the kids in this church as their pastor You have a testimony. You have an experience with Jesus. And God's asking you, he's calling you this morning to be an evangelist just like the shepherds and to go tell your story. So as we close in prayer, I just want you to just release everything that's in your brain, anything you're struggling with. I know this time of the year brings a lot, a lot to it. A lot of recitals, a lot of shopping that needs to get done, a lot of people that we need to go see. There's just a lot of busyness, and I want you to forget all about all those things as we close in prayer and just think about your experience and how you can share that with others.